Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today, we are going to talk about the 2002 movie, Treasure Planet. I got it right. My name is Sarah. I'm the mom of a six-year-old boy. And I am Briar Harvey, and I am the mom of an adult and a 10-year-old and a four-year-old, who both of whom, I gotta say... We're not the target audience. No, you don't think so? Uh, so the 10-year-old watched it and was mostly there. Mm-hmm. Kind of there. Mm-hmm. The 4-year-old... The 4-year-old after the... Uh, I want to call it skateboarding. Hoverboarding scene. Yeah. Right? The 4-year-old was okay through the hoverboarding and then a little bit for the police robots mm-hmm. and then the long conversation happened and it was a long one i mean mm-hmm. even by disney standards i mm-hmm. didn't clock it but that that story sequence is too much probably 10 15 mm-hmm. minutes long and but yo yeah four was gone mm-hmm. out, out the door so clearly, and and ten was going. How long is this movie? <laughs> Do I have to watch this? Do you want popcorn? Yes. <laughs> then just stick around for a few more minutes. It gets better. Mm-hmm. I still enjoyed it. I don't. Yeah. I don't have distinct memories of watching it in two thousand and two. I know no. I had seen it since, multiple times, but it'd been a while. However, it was still an enjoyable movie, I mm-hmm. thought. Um, yeah, 2002, I definitely did not see this movie when it came out. I don't even know if I was aware of this movie when it came out. College. Um, yeah, I was in the middle of college, and I was not interested in Disney movies at the moment. But... Um, <laughs> I, like, a couple of years ago, my husband, like, read Treasure Island, and then we had to, like, watch every single Treasure Island, like, adaptation, so. And then it kind of had, like, a moment for my son. Um, I mean, never, like, the big, we're watching it every single day for the next three years moment, but um, we watched it more than a few times at that point. He liked it. My kid, though, is odd. Like, he was better at sitting down and watching movies when he was, like, three, four than he is now that he's, like, five, six. And what holds their attention? I mean, Mm -hmm. because, and I say this, because when my brother was, I think, right around this age, four years old, he developed an obsession with the Robert Redford movie, The Natural. (laughs) That was filmed in Buffalo. There you go. It must that that must be why. And like baseball, sure, but that's not the parts that he was like wrapped yeah. for. It was the long, boring conversational sequences that he'd stand there six inches from the TV, going, you know, like who knows why kids. Like the movies that they there is mm-hmm. there is no reasonable know. explanation for this ever. Yeah. However, this movie was pretty good. 
So, we'll get into some of the problems with it, but the most significant is that it came out the same weekend as Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That is, that's a tough one to be up against. <laughs> I mean, can you even imagine? Like, no. why would you release your movie that weekend? So, and, so, that movie had hype before it came out. That being a box office, like, black hole. Right. Um, is no surprise to anybody, right? Why would Disney release a movie that weekend? Yeah, I don't know what yeah. Disney was thinking. I, yeah. Except for, <laughs> except for they've always hated this movie. So. Maybe that was it. <laughs> so, I, the budget was $140 million, which we say this every time, don't we? The most yes. expensive Disney budget of all time. The mo- not most expensive Disney budget. The most expensive animated movie ever made. Every Disney movie is the most expensive <laughs> animated movie ever made. Always. Until the next Disney movie. Until the next Disney movie. So this one was $140 million, But it's considered a bomb because it didn't make that back. Mm-hmm. It only... Only made a hundred and nine point six million in the box office. Any other animated movie? (laughs) Any other animated movie would happily have taken a hundred and nine million dollars in the box office. So against against Harry Potter. Against Harry Potter. (laughs) So let's keep on going down because the reasons why this movie is not well thought of really kind of baffle me. So, 69% Rotten Tomato rating. That's fucking great. I think a lot of animated movies are in, like, the 70s, right? Right. So, well thought of, relatively speaking. First major motion picture to be released in IMAX. Okay. So, there we go. Yeah. Nominated for an Academy Award for Animated Picture. Yeah, lost and, to Spirited Away, which I mean, okay, fine. Yeah. Like, and when, that's yeah, you know, that's a situation where you've got one movie that obviously excels at like the um, the technical side uh-huh. of animation, and then another movie that excels at the storytelling side of animation. So you can't uh-huh. really, you know, they it, both would have been worthy. I think in my it's in tough movie. to compare them, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Lost to Spirited They're, Away is fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's not like it lost to the B-movie, guys. Exactly! <laughs> so, so why does Disney hate it? I don't know. I can tell you, like, as, like, a Disney person standpoint, this movie has, like, literally no presence in the parks or the fandom at all. There, like, isn't. Um, I did, however, find uh, on, I think it was Disney News Today, um, that last January, so January 2020... Just randomly, Jim Hawkins was like <laughs> a meet and greet in Tomorrowland at Walt Disney World. <laughs> like I told, we talked about this before. The one day I was right. at Disney and I ran into Radigan from <laughs> Pocahontas. What? But the thing that's even funnier about this Jim Hawkins meet and greet is that Jim Hawkins is a face character. Right. They had to put some real effort into hiring someone. It's not like they just threw this costume hanging around and they threw somebody into it, like, with Radigan, because he's got, like, or whatever his name is. Because he's a mask character, right. Yeah. I'm so confused. (laughs) 
I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, this movie exists because, well, because Ron Clements and John Musker were beefing with Michael Eisner. This is a delightful story. That's like the gist of every movie made during Eisner's time at Disney, isn't it? Like... But, but this one has a great story. So, it was originally pitched at a 1985 gong show. Have we talked about so. Disney have. gong shows before? But tell, say it again. Okay. Explain again. So, the way that they did pitches was, I, I mean, not precisely like the gong show. I don't believe there was an actual gong that they rang. But the sentiment was the same. If you were not familiar with the gong show from 1970s with Chuck Berry, you are, man, you're missing out. So, because Chuck was stoned and drunk, I think, all of the time while he was rating and reviewing these, like, variety contestants. So that's kind of the spirit of a Disney gong show. And they would all come in. So all of the animators would come in and they would sit around the table and they would pitch their ideas. And then inevitably they were all shot down. All of them, all of the time. Cause that was the gong show. So you kind of, you went in and you knew it wasn't going to be accepted. And then if it was good, you got to call back a couple days later. Mm-hmm. Hey, we, we, we chatted about this one. We kind of liked it. Expand on the story. So in 1985, Ron Clements and John Musker pitched both Treasure Island in Space and The Little Mermaid. They heard back on The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. They were told, no thank you, on Treasure Island in Space. Initially, at the time, it was because Michael Eisner knew that Paramount was working on a Star Trek sequel that had a Treasure Island theme, which I have to say, I'm sad that movie didn't ever exist. (laughs) But it's fine. So they pitched it again in 89 after the premiere of The Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. And Michael Eisner still said no. And so they did Aladdin. And then they pitched this again in 92 after. So we're talking The Little Mermaid Mm -hmm. and Aladdin, which are right. Mm -hmm. What's that era called? These were hugely successful, commercially successful. Yeah, I think that's the Renaissance. So hugely successful films they probably both felt like they had a little bit of clout at the time like you owe us one at this point right you owe us one so they pitched it again after aladdin by then jeffrey katzenberg was at the helm Mm -hmm. of animation Mm -hmm. and he too said no because if there's anything michael eisner and jeffrey katzenberg have in common it is the ability to say no (laughs) At which point in time, Clements and Musker went to Roy, 
mm-hmm. who was president, this is Walt Disney's nephew, Roy, Roy already hated Michael Eisner, mm-hmm. was already working on getting him ousted from the company at this point in time. And Roy said, oh, I like it. Let's make a movie out of this. So then he helped Clements and Musker renegotiate their contracts to include this film after Hercules was finished. Okay. Which I imagine made Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg big mad Mm -hmm. because after they did this movie, they were both relegated back to the B-Studio um, and Clements did Bolt, and John Musker got The Princess and the Frog. Okay. So that's why this movie exists. Uh-huh. Internal Disney spatting. I mean, really, no different than any yeah. of these others, but this one I thought was a little bit juicy. And I am, as with all of these others then, I really feel like that probably colored the actual effort put out into the release. It's probably why they released it the same weekend as Harry Potter. It's probably why they didn't spend a whole lot of time Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to integrate it into the park. Because Michael Eisner hated it, and it pissed him off, and he wanted nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Spite. I mean, so much of what Disney has done wrong over the last 50, 60 years has been spite, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're telling the same story over and over and over again. And we're not, but we are. It's mm-hmm. just wild. Okay. So, you want to talk about the writing and the cast? Sure. So we had Emma Thompson. This role was written specifically for her. And, I mean, she's always spectacular. She was pregnant while she recorded part of this. Which, like... Didn't we have somebody else who was pregnant and then they had... Oh, you know who it was? I think it was Kristen Bell during one of the Frozen movies. She was pregnant mm-hmm. and they had to go back and reshoot or re-record some of her stuff because her voice changed while she was pregnant. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I did not know that at all. But your voice does because yeah. of the hormones. Yeah. Your voice changes. Your feet grow. Isn't pregnancy awesome? It's great. <laughs> so, but that explains actually some of her pitchiness yeah, for maybe. Emma. Yeah. Okay. So the role of Doppler was also written specifically for David Hyde Pierce. They gave it to him when they were recording um, A Bug's Life. Mm -hmm. And he went, oh, yeah, I like this. Let's do this. There's Laurie Metcalf as mom. But so how many? Did you find more than these two? No. Well, she's the mom in Toy Story, but she's also a character in Meet the Robinsons, which I wasn't familiar with what character she is. But it's like a family situation. So she's probably somebody's mom. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously Joseph Gordon Levitt. Who is far better than Michael J. Fox. 
I, I think that we have to agree on this. I mean, for characters that are relatively similar, right? Like youngish male characters on um, an adventure. So we did. We did these. We did the teenage boy movies together. Although I have to say, I really, really do feel like this movie was specifically written for the teenage boy mm-hmm. whose dad went out for cigarettes one day and didn't come home. Oh, like, I mean, or like the teenage girl whose dad wasn't around. I mean, yeah, there's a lot I, I in the story that I um, I connected with. <laughs> and, and I think that's fair. Disney despite by its many flaws, does manage to make its leads generally relatable to mm-hmm. both genders, all genders, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's a thing that they do actually try to work towards. Right. And I agree. Here, Jim is, I mean, he does have that fucking ponytail. Although Where it's does gone! It come from? Where, Where does so, it come from? Where does so it come from? It comes Not, out of his coat and collar. Sometimes it's actually like just hanging out of his coat collar. Like it originated on the external part of his coat collar. I don't know. But I spent, <laughs> because you complained about this, I watched the final sequence at least it's gone three when he times. Comes back. It's gone when he yeah. comes back. After he goes to like the Space Naval Academy, it's gone. Oh yeah, it's gone. They, they... But throughout the entire movie, as soon as I was like, what is happening Space with that ponytail? ponytail? It's just, I don't know okay, where it's coming okay. from. But can we also talk about some other general complaints I have about the spaciness of this movie? First Go of all, <laughs> what the fuck are they breathing the so entire so, time? So, they when they start going off, they have to enable something for gravity, right? Right. So let's just assume that there is some amount of, like, an atmosphere around the ship. I, I would like to go with you on that. <laughs> but the science of... How are they enabling gravity on the ship? Gravity's actually less com- less complicated and more complicated, technically speaking, but magnetization, more or less, is probably what we're doing there. Magnetization, so. uh, yeah. Because they... It, it's I, there's, there's an environment around the spaceship. There An is, invisible bubble, there if you is, will. Okay, but the problem with that is... They is can still fall no, off of the ship. Right! There's no, like, force field. Like, and there's, if you fall off the ship, wouldn't you just float next to the ship? Because, again, gravity... Well, I, guess, I guess the only person who actually falls off the ship is the stone guy. What's his name? Like, active or something like that? Yeah. Oh, at the arrow, uh, arrow, I think, air, the, something the, like that. Yeah, and he actually gets sucked into a black hole. He doesn't like just fall off the ship. So okay, so there no. is like a force pulling him at that point. But the but the crab guy falls off too. I mean, he does, he does kind of he does kind of float off into space. I guess more there, but he doesn't explode once fl- he gets out there. Correct. <laughs> I would. I would also like to talk about our 2002 concept of a black hole, because I'm sure they thought they were doing very well at the time with this, man, man, 
space. Like <laughs> this is this is always something that interests and and I only know the science so well. I I'm a sci-fi junkie, but that doesn't mean I know the science and I am very clear on the difference. But still, what we've learned in the last 20 years about some of the characteristics of space makes all of this as wrong as when we were talking about space in 1960. I don't think there was any any thought put into making this realistically no no like no. set in space. This no. is like set in space like with the mentality of what people knew about space in colonial America. Like it's as I mean... if, like it, and that's fine. That's fine. I do have to say, I like how they picked up colonial America. And they just, like, picked it up. And they just deposited it in space, space. yes. Everything about it. The mentality of the people. Right. Everything. Culture, (laughs) all of those things. Wild. Because they they lifted, they didn't change much of the story. No. Which, I mean, when you're making a pirate movie for children... Arguably, there are only arguably there are only so many things you can do. But yeah. still, I don't know. All right, before we get into specific movie highlights, do you want to talk about how Laurie Metcalf just abandoned her teenage boy to go out in space in search of treasure? Because well, here's the thing: if we're just taking the mentality and everything of colonial America and plopping it into space. Perfectly normal! It's normal. (laughs) But you know what I do want to talk about? How I feel like there is a lack of space exploration media of this kind available right now where you have somebody exploring space but encountering like aliens who aren't big scary like uh entity aliens but in fact are like humanoid um species that are you just referring, look like things you, like you star trek for, but, but there are star treks there's well, yeah, discovery know, yeah. there's what Picard. i'm saying is nobody is creating new media like this used to be a thing that used to happen in like every space media right okay like, but they I, were always encountering humanoid species right see, and i and i'd argue though that we're just the problem is that sci-fi is now so diverse I think you can miss stuff. I well, so like the only thing I could think of, the Orville, which is not Star Trek, but it is Star Trek. No, no, the Orville <laughs> is Starfleet Sea Students, and I, I love will it. Never not be tired of that analogy. Oh God, I, I love, love that show. I, I love, love that show back. so much. And I'm not somebody. I, we've talked about this. I am not somebody who speaks highly of Seth MacFarlane, but like, but yeah, that show, show is amazing. That <laughs> but, show. Is um, amazing. So I could think of the Orville as, like, specifically things that are not Star Trek that involve humanoid aliens and encountering them. So what I'm getting at here is I miss the era of sci-fi where space exploration was akin to Westerns. I want Westerns as space exploration again. The best you're going to get, then, is The Expanse. Yeah. 
But even that doesn't do it for me. It's not I, It's not the right feel. I don't know what to tell you. I just because basically... that's got science in it, and 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 I think we're not. The thing is, is that I don't actually think we're disagreeing. Here. No, it's so that. The, I mean, I'm I'm thinking of things like Star Wars, even uh-huh. right? Because like you're gonna come across like humanoid aliens in Star Wars. You come across it in Star Trek. Um, I, where is it now? <laughs> In because those now, universes, but, but not, yeah, not outside of them. Right, and you're so right, like, and not outside somebody... of romance because that's not reality. Like, because but I don't now want, we like, know. I'm just, but so we tired know more like... about the universe now, and so our sci-fi has to be more realistic. And I say that with very specific bunny rabbit ears. Like right? I'm, just, I'm sick of like I'm sick of space exploration sci-fi being things like Prometheus legit i think that's an honest complaint (laughs) i'm just tired of like i don't know even how to explain it like Uh, no you don't have to i'm 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 with you i don't fully agree but i am with you like there is what's there's an innocence to it or maybe an optimism and that's what what it is yep that's exactly what's missing it's the optimism of it because right now everything that is space like exploration related is dreary Mm -hmm. and fatalistic yeah it's 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 all gonna be a bad time and a bad ending because we're not gonna find any Vulcans out there mm-hmm. in in modern science. No, I don't. I don't disagree with you. This doesn't actually exist in modern sci-fi, and I do. I do miss it. I miss being able to see sci-fi as an escape. Exactly, because I'm I'm a person who loves sci-fi. I I really really enjoy sci-fi. I don't I don't like watching movies like Prometheus. I don't like I didn't watch The Expanse. I don't like The Expanse. I want things like Firefly and The Orville. <laughs> you know. And I, I I don't disagree with the difference. I love The Expanse, but at the end of every season I'm like, so what more could go wrong? Yeah, it does exactly. Remind me very much of The Walking Dead. And I quit The Walking Dead, I think we've talked about this before, like Mm -hmm. season two or three, when I realized nothing is ever going to get better for these people. They're all just all going to eventually die off. And that's great if that's what you're in it for. But that's not what I'm in it for. I'm in it for the stories that make me feel better about being a human being and being alive. And that's not what that shit does. So, like, or even just alien encounters where there's a benefit to the relationship, I guess. Um, Something I can kind of think, because, like, the way we get alien movies these days is aliens are conquering Earth. Or Uh aliens are evil and on a planet. Um, And... I want some more like even that movie Arrival with Amy Adams. Oh, while it's sort of, of like a dreary movie and like it's, it's sad, really it's such a good movie. It's such a good movie. And in the end, the aliens are there to provide information to the world, right? I mean, I'd say you kind of have the space world of Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that's about what you're going to get. But, right. but that. Like Star Trek, 
like Star Wars is in at this point in time in story terms ancient, right? Well, that's it's true. decades like the, old. Right. So the original the original IP for that, yeah, is old. It's not new. So the stories the stories that are coming out of it are new, but like even Star Trek, since we're on this tangent, I loved Picard. I really loved Discovery, but I also find them to be very much the dark Mm-hmm. visceral reality of, you know, Starfleet, and mm-hmm. a lot of people, that's not what they want from Star right. Trek. They want the optimism, and mm-hmm. we'll bring it back around because that's what this movie has mm-hmm. in space. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, okay. I liked, because even at the beginning, like the space whales, there's something just like optimistic Mm -hmm. about flying out into space. Yes. Not everything in space is going to destroy you. you. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's some good, there's good story here. The characterization is decent. There is the Goo Goo Dolls song. I'm sorry. It's actually not completely the Goo Goo Dolls. It is just Johnny Resnick. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's fine. We can make fun of it then. No, I can make fun of it. I'm <laughs> oh, from oh. Buffalo. <laughs> you can't make fun of it because I will take offense of you making fun of it, but I am allowed to make fun of it. No, no. I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. It is, it is as 2002... Alt-rock hair band as mm-hmm. you can possibly get. It was... Yeah. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And there is very much, for me, all the way through, such a feel of nostalgia, right? Like... Yeah. I mean, even to the point where I would say that the character design for Jim Hawkins is not even, like, current to 2002, it feels more like a 1990s Jordan Catalano. <laughs> oh, but that's such a perfect comparison. Yeah, Seriously. I know. I mean, like, t- personality-wise, no. But looks-wise, that's what I'm seeing in Jim Hawkins. Oh, wow. And... Yeah, I just, there is something, because it's not really a complicated story. No. We have... Or even, like, it's a story that's been around for so long, and it's so much a part of um, just media that everybody already knows the story. Yeah, I think that we fill in the gaps Mm -hmm. that... Even Treasure Island in space. We know enough about Treasure Island Mm -hmm. to be able to kind of go, okay, so this is what's happening here, and Mm -hmm. this is what's going on over here, and cats and dogs are going to (laughs) be interbreeding soon. So I have this, this, that whole situation with Doppler and Captain Amelia is, it, it, It does the thing where cats are female and dogs are male, right? 
Because they're children. Because they're children, the cats are female, <laughs> and the male is do- a dog. I so, like, so yeah, that <laughs> begs the question: Are they the same species? They must be. They must be. They're the same species, and her character design is what females look like, and his character design is what males look like. The implications of that are <laughs> so stunning. I, I don't. I'm not qualified to discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing to discuss. It's laid out right there for Oh, me. no, I know. It's Clearly. I, well, I just... <sighs> How could you question something so clear? <laughs> it, it's Disney. We're just expected to make this leap and go along with it, right? Yeah. So... I do have to say, though, my all-time favorite line. I knew what it was going to be as soon as you said that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Dang it, Jim. I'm an astronomer, not a doctor. And I wonder how many times David Hyde Pierce had to deliver that line without (laughs) giggling like a lunatic. Yeah. It it, It was well done. It was well done. Do we have thoughts about Ben other than, I don't know, ordinary Martin Short, standard Martin Short? Yeah, he's just Martin Short. Just Martin <laughs> like, Short as To a the robot? point where, like, when you said that, I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What could we possibly talk about in regards to this character? It's just Martin Short. It's just Martin Short as a robot. Unnecessary comic relief, if I'm being honest, like... Yeah. Other than the fact that he's in the book. Yeah. Unnecessary comic. Yep. The only other thing I really would like to talk about is I, <laughs> I'm a person who enjoys space as an aesthetic. Right? Like, I don't want, I don't really want to know about astrology. I'm not really that interested in it. But I really like the way space looks. Okay. So I like the way this movie looks. The same way I like the way the first Thor movie looks. Like, I just like the way they portray space. Okay. I accept that. <laughs> I accept that. It's wildly inaccurate, but it's fine. It's pretty. It's pretty. It is pretty. I'll give you that. Space is always pretty. Mm-hmm. very into latex paint pores on tutorials <laughs> yeah. right now because yeah. yeah i watch that shit for hours <laughs> just pour me some pretty space dots yep. it's fine mm-hmm. if you like latex paint pores you should look into um oh what it's like oh gosh what is it called um mirror glaze on cakes Oh yes, oh yes. Yeah. I it's also like the same thing, but watch cake. mirror glaze. <laughs> Which, let me be clear, I would not fucking eat that shit because it looks like it tastes worse than fondant. But oh no, it's... it's it's made out of it's gelatin. It's like a thinned out gelatin. Okay, so that's not terrible. No, no it probably tastes. It's better, better than, than fondant. fondant. <laughs> Everything's better than fondant. <laughs> it's like the cake wrapper that you have to peel Unless off you're like a six-year-old kid because it's just sugar. Well, 
well. It's, man, <laughs> I don't think I liked fondant even as a small child. <laughs> okay. So, did you have any additional notes about appearances or anything upcoming or no? Because this is just, this one's just dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah, it just doesn't exist. Um, I, okay, if, cool. I think if Disney released this movie today, they would have added parts to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. I can, I can absolutely see that. Or done something in Tomorrowland to, like, highlight the slightly steampunkiness of this. Like... And that's the that's another thing. If this movie was made today, they would have probably... they would have absolutely mm-hmm. have highlighted it, and made it super steampunky. Mm-hmm. And gosh, that's kind of a shame that we missed that too, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like, I don't know. I really, I did enjoy this movie. Again, mm-hmm. I felt like I'm I'm usually sad with the ones that have dropped by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but this one in particular is. I'm 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 sad that it did not get the attention that it deserved. Agreed. Um, something else that I think is kind of interesting is: Do you remember that movie Titan AE? Mm-hmm. Like I, I get. This I can't movie... tell you what it's about. No, but I do but like, remember that it existed. In my head, this movie, Atlantis, and Titan AE have all at like up until the point that we're now dissecting things. They all kind of commingle as like male lead adventure cartoon movies that came out in 2000, 2001, and 2002. So, like, yeah. I don't know well, what Titan A is about. <laughs> we'll have to add that one to the list after we're out of Disney. But it's Bluth. It is Bluth. So, it's probably horrific and not for children. <laughs> <laughs> But it was supposed to be for children, and so that is why we will review it. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> As for whether or not the children would actually do this, they would do this. Yeah, I mean, oh, this is the trope. This is a trope. Like, this yeah. is what every adventure involving a kid, this is it, right? This, like, I hear what you're saying about sci-fi and optimism. Mm-hmm. These stories don't seem to come up quite as much anymore. The ones we have, and you mentioned Andy Weir earlier, and I think that's a fair analog because The Martian, well, we do eventually get out of that one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a slog. It's a slog, and it's mm-hmm. a terrible, like, experience. Mm-hmm. I did that one on audiobook, mm-hmm. which made it even more visceral because the sure, narrator right. was spectacular. Yeah. One of my favorites. And it's, but, but yeah, like you feel this soul crushing weight of being alive. So rather how are you? Than joyous to be like a part of the miracle. There An explorer. Is a clear difference, yeah. right? So, like, uh, in running off of that, like, obviously, kids who grew up watching Star Trek don't want to become astronauts because they think that they're going to be John Luke Picard, right? But that's no. what starts them on an interest in space, okay? Right? 
yes. What is there to make people want to explore space these days? Elon Musk? <laughs> no, but like, what? what? <laughs> You're going to go out there and like get stuck on a planet with like tidal waves where like every second is like four years? God, that's a like, you know what I mean? Like, what? Contemplate, isn't it? But what? that is what we're that's talking about. That's what we're getting for now. space movies these days, right? What What's there to like? And at this point in time, that movie's gosh, five years old now. It's it's got to be older than that. It's 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 been a while. Yeah, that we've really gotten onto this space Furby can be fun. paradox. Space is a bit yeah. bleak place and mm-hmm. we don't nothing good happens there yeah I, I would like for good things to happen in space again I don't maybe we're missing out on something maybe, maybe we don't maybe know of it y'all so should be telling us let us know because i want i want to be happy about i want space happy again. space yeah i, I, happy I space. do happy space like <laughs> i do i want i want to be optimistic about exploration even and 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 even when it was bad, when we're talking about like Firefly is such a good example mm-hmm. of that, right? That story is bleak as fuck, and yet it's still optimistic. It's still ultimately optimistic that because we people can are be better. People are people are explore like not conquering space. What's the word I want? People are inhabiting space. Successfully. Successfully. And the problem that they're having is other people. Right? Or the, the issues on Firefly. Of other it's, people. It's, right? it's people. It's, it's people, people having problems with people. It's not people having problems with space. Now, to be fair, there are no aliens in Firefly. Right. It's all just humans. That's but true. But still. Because well, it's a Western. Because it's a Western. Mm-hmm. But I maintain that that is, that is something that we are not quite getting anymore. There mm-hmm. is so much less optimism about our space exploration. And I would like that back. Mm-hmm. And so I'm putting this request out into the universe here on my podcast that people actually listen to. That still blows my mind. And <laughs> maybe someone will hear it and... We need optimistic space exploration media. Thanks. That's all we're saying. All right. So we, I did not cry at all in this movie. It, it was not ever intended to be such. Um, the age, again, this is rough because it's, I think under 10, it's whether the kid's going to be taken with it or yeah. not. Yeah. And I think over... you'll have an easier time getting a kid to watch this than you will Atlantis. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. They, they they both clocked out of that one super mm-hmm. fast. This one, at least 10 stuck around for mm-hmm. three quarters of before the popcorn was gone and he was ready for his <laughs> game again. It's fine. It's fine. They don't want to spend time with their mother. It's fine. <laughs> but... But in terms of, like, actually benefiting from the story, this one is for older kids, teenagers. This is... I mean, I guess think about it, like, when would a kid read Treasure Island? Mm -hmm. 12, 13. 10, 12, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I read it at a precociously young age because I was reading everything. Because you were that kid. You were that kid. 
because I was that kid. But yeah, I would say probably 11, 12, 13 is the right age to be reading that book and yeah. to be consuming this movie. So, and that's not because the content of the movie is inappropriate. No, it's, that's just it's, because it'll just not really it's not gonna interest be interesting. anybody until that point. Yeah, but the content is good. The story is solid. Aside from, there's, I, I'd argue that there was some inherent sexism, but Disney sidestepped that really neatly with Emma. Because yeah. even though it's colonial America mm-hmm. in space, we have a female captain mm-hmm. who is fairly clearly in charge. Mm-hmm. And right. so it makes it okay. I, but then I they give her a love story and it's like, mm. eh, Yeah, I know. <laughs> Whatever. I, 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 mean, I don't think that happens in Treasure Island. No, it was, <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. It's not it's great. Not great. It's, yeah. yeah <laughs> could I, be I, worse, but definitely could be better. I, I definitely don't think this one scores on Bechdel. Like, there are no, no. there is no point in time where there are two female characters having a Talking. conversation no. at all. Mm-mm. So, I mean, you know, if that's your metric, then this one's not for you. But ultimately, I think the story's good. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a classic story. It's a classic story. (laughs) Um, Um, Quick sidetrack. Quick sidetrack. Back into books and reading. My son and my husband have started the Pradane series. Oh, okay. Okay, so they're reading the first one. I think it's called The Book of Three. My 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 son thinks that's hilarious because it's the first book called the Book of Three. Like he just thinks that's funny. That but is um, they are really enjoying it. My son is six. My husband reads it to him, and they are having a great time with it. So if your kid likes stuff like that, highly recommend. And this was this is Atlantis, right? No, that was. Oh um, no, that's the Black Cauldron. The Black Cauldron. Thank you. Yeah. We've done a few of these now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the books appear to be way better than that movie was. At least from the fact that they're still reading it, right? They haven't given up. (laughs) God, I've almost forgotten the Black Cauldron. (laughs) I've, like, blacked it out. It was that terrible. I had to, I really, I had to take a thought and go, oh, I now remember (laughs) what we're talking about. Well, I just wanted to check back in with everybody because I said yes, we were ordering we, it. We, so. you, you did say you were ordering it, and I do. I like th- These are continuity updates <laughs> that are great as we slog through forgotten <laughs> Disney. Okay. So before we, I do... Costumes? Yeah. Oh, well, do you, we do have to do costumes. Okay. Well, you just take your Hamilton costume and... <laughs> Add some cat ears. And you're good and to go. You're good to go. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> so, give it a score out of five. What do you think? Three, three and a half. Mm-hmm. That's, I can't like it better than that, but the animation is really good still. And I don't have any, like, major issues with this movie. No. So, no, there, no, I think three and a half is fair. Three and a half is yeah. It's 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 better than a kick in the head. <laughs> if if you have a child who becomes obsessed with this movie, you're okay. You're gonna you're be okay. okay. You'll, yeah. you'll 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 live through this one. Yeah. There are mm-hmm. 
there are other things. Like I wouldn't necessarily movies. like try to get my kid out of this movie if they became obsessed with this one. Right, like this one. It, I would just again, let it, it let could it run its be course. So much worse. It, it could, could be, be so natural. It could be happy feet. <laughs> it could be. I, I'm just saying. Yeah. All right, y'all. So next up, we are going to continue on with our male protagonists into Meet the Robinsons, because that's fine. I feel like we say this every time, but I'm pretty sure this is a good movie. I'm no longer willing to accept this premise. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest, I can't. I can't recall if I've ever actually seen this one all the way through. Okay. It's time. It does not suit me personally as having children who watched it. So I think I think it's a movie people may not even realize is a Disney movie. Well, it's animated in such a different style. Yeah. So But we'll talk about that next episode. Next time. Next time. <laughs> all right, y'all. Find us at Latchkey Movies on Facebook and Instagram. You can email us, latchkeymovies at gmail.com. You can also find us, uh, I don't know, here, there, everywhere. It's fine. Find us everywhere. If you want to call and tell us where to find better sci-fi, please do so. We're awaiting your calls. That number is 402-885-4875. And if you would like to buy us tacos in contribution for watching these movies on your behalf, (laughs) you can also do that at ko-fi.com slash brother. And we'll see you next time. And meet the Robinsons. Bye, y'all. Bye.